1: Chris, tell me how you say your name.
0: My name is Christopher Zeisheg.
1: Oh God. I would have been annoyed. Yeah, you don't have to say it. (laughs) You guys, I'm here with Christopher (laughs) (laughs) Zeisheg. That's that's
0: absolutely right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it on the first try. Um, You might be better known as Danny Wilde, or equally known as. I would say better known. Better known. Yeah. Um, Danny Wilde was his. His porn name legit. Yeah, I love yeah. people say that in conversation <laughs> and it's rarely true.
0: <laughs> it was my porn name. I'm sorry it's such a stupid name. I didn't really pick I it. I like it. Did I feel you? like
1: it's like the perfect like you nailed it.
0: All right. That's yeah. fine. I, I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> was it your first choice?
0: No, I my middle name's Daniel. And ah. I went by that briefly because I wasn't really like planning to do porn f- full time. And, right. um, I got a contract with a the company that were like, we need to market you and you need to have a last name. And I was like, whatever you want.
1: Wild with a Y let's yeah, do this. <laughs> um, Danny or Chris, uh, is also a writer, a musician. You're just like a general Renaissance man. Yeah,
0: um, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> I it, try. Like, if
1: it's sexual, <laughs> and or artistic, you will, you will try it. Yes. (laughs) Um, Mm Daddy's also the boyfriend of photographer Maggie West, who was a guest last season. And we're going to talk about your relationship with her. But first let's talk about porn because I have so many questions.
0: Sure. Let's do it.
1: Um, So let's start at the beginning. What, like, what was your decision-making process getting in? You were 19?
0: Yeah. Um... I was like, I was a film student at UC Santa Cruz. I just needed like a normal job, and I was going around, right? To, you know, like like <laughs> coffee shops and stuff, and no one was getting back to me, and I was getting just kind of scared because you know my parents were about to cut me off <laughs> and and all of that. So I just started applying to like random ads on Craigslist, and I saw back then they had like an erotic section and like random gigs, and uh-huh. there were so many men in the Bay Area who were like. I'll pay you fifty dollars to model nude for me, and so I just ended up doing that for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that wasn't good money, but it just got me comfortable being naked. And so eventually, I found an ad that that was for the company now known as Kink.com.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Which so that was, it was like I kind of went like a hundred percent into like the most extreme type of porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my my uh. reasoning at that time was like if my family is going to look at porn, they're probably not going to find this. (laughs) So
1: I love that rationale, (laughs) which was turned out to be untrue. Correct?
0: Yes. Correct. (laughs) Um, and it just was like a, it was a really positive first time experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had like negative experiences later for sure, but the first shoot was like super professional. Everyone was very nice to me and I had made like, even though it was, like, shit money for porn, it was, like, more than I'd made doing anything else. Yes. And they immediately called me back the next day to, like, do more of it, so I was, like, what was your
1: first gig? Like, what did you do?
0: (laughs) I was, um, I mean, I was, like, a submissive male, like, I got Uh tied up and, like, whipped, and then, like, I got fucked in the ass by, like, this dominatrix, and then she, like, jerked me off and I, I don't know it was like all right it was a lot of first time things for me uh-huh. <laughs> but um none of it was necessarily really bad i would say yeah
1: totally what is it like having those first time experiences on camera yeah. that's part of the allure right? right to see someone go through it the first time
0: um i don't know i mean i don't think i have the ability to like Process that from my perspective back then I think it was just a lot of like, oh my god, this is happening Um, you know later I was like much more in control of like what I was doing, but It just seemed like crazy. But at that point in my life. I think I was very like I'm down to do anything. It's real seeking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that way anymore.
1: No, I'm like I was like probably two Craigslist ads away from doing porn myself (laughs) (laughs) you're 18
0: 19 like i don't know it's just sort of circumstance
1: like whatever (laughs) um so when okay how long before people that you knew started finding things online or were you just like hey i'm i'm new life choice i'm doing this thing
0: well i told some of my closer friends and we joked about it like this yeah. was gonna be like a one-time funny thing that i did but like don't tell my mom please but within the first year um i met this girl i'm not gonna say her name but we dated for about three years and uh-huh. she was kind of the one that got me into like mainstream porn she was a, a porn was actress also herself a porn, yeah. yeah we met um not on set but in the office of that same company and sort of started dating long distance and then i moved to los angeles to go to school and to be with her and when that started getting serious it was like she gave
1: you the keys to the kingdom yeah and also
0: (laughs) i had to like you know if i'm good if i love this person and i'm gonna like introduce her to my parents it's gonna come up like what do you do which is also gonna be like what do i do so i had to like call Mm -hmm. my mom and have this conversation and it was, like, intense, but, you know, she she got over it. And, you know, at that time, too, I don't think... She also was just like, my son is doing this another crazy thing briefly. Like, she didn't think it was going to turn into an eight-year career. Right. Yeah.
1: So, okay, so she was chill. I love that that was, like, introducing your girlfriend was the catalyst. That's interesting. Yeah. But nobody was... There was no, like, surprise aunt that was like, hey... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, all of that did come later. Um, I remember both my, aunt, it was weird. The men in my extended family actually had a much more difficult time with it than the women.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Um, and I, I can't say why that is, but both my grandfather and uncle, who are also, who are like very liberal people uh, in terms of politics, were like really upset for with me for a while.
1: So you you, date, you had like two relationships while you were in the industry? Long, longer yeah, relationships? Yeah, two,
0: two relationships that were two to three years, yeah.
1: And both the girls also...
0: Were in porn. Were, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I could have maintained a, a long-term relationship with someone outside of porn while doing porn. I yeah. think it's very difficult to kind of keep that balance. Because even in porn, like there are things like jealousy and so forth. I mean, we had boundaries like... Like, I considered myself monogamous, and I think they would have, too. Uh Uh, But we both obviously had sex with other people for money on camera. But, like, that's where it would end.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, Do you think you... Because you sound... I listened to uh, you on Sex Out Loud, and you sounded, like, semi-conflicted at times with just the nuances and it is so complicated about like where exactly your boundaries are and what exactly you're comfortable with.
0: Yeah, I
1: think I would struggle so hardcore with like the gray area of it what exactly you want from your partner and I don't know it was interesting listening to it. Do you think you would be able to now not doing porn Mm -hmm. date someone that was currently doing porn?
0: Maybe, maybe not though. Here's the reason why just from a, from purely like a sexual standpoint. Um, and I, I think this is like a huge issue that happens with people who are in porn and who are dating people outside of porn oftentimes you give so much to the work during the day that Mm -hmm. by the time you come home and your partner is like super into you and wants to have that like Mm -hmm. that sexual intimacy like you're spent it's like it's not like you had normal sex with someone earlier in the day it's like you had olympic sex and now you're home and like you just want to take a nap or like cuddle and watch tv and if both of you are doing that even if you have different days like you understand the routine but I think if my partner was coming home every day and like, sorry, babe, like I just got fucked by like three dudes and I need to take a nap. I I think after a while I would just be like, uh.
1: yeah, especially if you're both very sexual people and one person has an outlet for it and right. the other person doesn't. They don't necessarily include each other.
0: Exactly. And yeah, I think that's the main concern. The rest of it, I don't really care about. Um. Like I, I like to have a sort of emotional monogamy with my partner. Uh Um, And so I feel like I kind of having gone through all of that, I understand that like you can have sex for work, which is kind of outside of that, even if you enjoy yourself. Um, But it's just like, I don't know, I date, I think when you find someone who you're compatible with, it's like it matches a certain point in your life. And right now, Uh I don't know if that would make sense for me. And also, I'm dating Maggie, who is wonderful, and I love her, and she's not in porn. So.
1: <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, I It was so interesting reading about how you left, which I didn't realize. Yeah. You became addicted to ED pills?
0: Yeah. Um, or, so like, I, not
1: necessarily physically, but somehow, like, maybe psychologically?
0: Sure. I mean, I've talked about this a lot, so I'll just briefly touch on it. Uh, so, basically... I don't know if most people know this, but like I would say 99% of guys in porn, gay, straight, whatever, take erectile dysfunction drugs like as a performance enhancer. Uh, The reason is, which
1: is like a duh if you think about it, but I, yeah.
0: Like most people aren't going to consider that until, until someone tells them, but it's like every guy has a story in the beginning of them just failing a scene. Like, they're they're there's on set they're about to do like they take their penis out and it's just nothing happens oh fuck and (laughs) all these people are waiting on you there's a bunch of pressure the girl is just like crossing her arms like and like there's literally nothing sexual about the situation and and you're like oh no (laughs) yeah it's not
1: like your girlfriend who's like here let me
0: right And, and usually like you usually start out for a lot of companies, like you're not really having sex. You have to do what we call like hardcore stills. So you, you have to be erect and pause basically like right outside whatever orifice you're about to penetrate. Excruciating. It's not, it's not fun. Like a lot of people don't understand how (laughs) difficult (laughs) porn is, especially for guys. I mean, it is for women in other ways, but like the whole, like to get it done, like that's, usually the guy's job and if if you're not if you don't have an erection like then nothing's gonna happen so a lot of times early on someone will be like hey you know like most guys take Viagra or Cialis uh-huh. or in more extreme cases um, like injections that are meant for like really old men
1: please tell me about that I didn't <laughs> even realize that was a thing
0: yeah I mean I tried it a few times uh, it's weird it's like you are just erect no matter what. I mean, with the pills, I think people still don't understand. Like if you're relaxed and turned on, they work very well, but, uh-huh. it, but it's so mental porn. Yeah. If you're not there. And if you're freaking out, they still kind of don't work that well. Uh
2: uh-huh.
0: Um, and I think when I was very young, I, I ran into problems like that. Uh, so I asked around and people told me about this thing. There's a few different kinds, but basically it's like, it's almost like a steroid or something, like a liquid steroid that you put in like a very small needle and inject into the side of your your penis. Oh and it's god! Horrible. And I ended up in the hospital because like my dick wouldn't go down, and if, I don't know. So you know, I did that through my twenties, like doing all this type these types of drugs, and I was like I was like sober other than that. So I didn't think of myself like as an addict, but <laughs> but by the time. Um, <laughs> My time was like 28 and I had gone to the emergency room for the third time for priapism and they had to like bleed my penis out.
1: Which, which, so priapism, is that priapism? I don't
0: even know if that's the right way to pronounce it, but it's where your erection stays longer than four hours. You hear, you see those Viagra ads on TV. Uh Yeah. (laughs) They're like, go to the hospital if this happens. Well, I had to do that like three times over the course of my career. And the last time the doctor was like, you know, you keep doing this, like you're really going to screw things up for you. And that was where the next day I was just like, this is not worth it. I'm going to knock it off. So I did.
1: Nice. And then how was that transition?
0: It was awful at first. (laughs) I mean, were
1: you, had you saved up? Were you like ready for it?
0: Absolutely not. Fuck. I, you know, thankfully I had gone to film school. I graduated from USC I'd not really been working in crew positions.
1: You had to dust off your resume. Yeah,
0: I mean, (laughs) I mean, even now, like I'm primarily like a video editor, freelance, but like most of my clients are still from the adult industry, just because like that's who I know. Yeah. 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 But um, people helped me out over time, and I got better at certain things. But yeah, that was really scary.
1: Fuck, yeah, because it's like, I think you said in one uh, article that I read, you went from making as much as you were making doing like a scene or two a week. Yeah. To making that in like 40 to 60 hours. Right. Oh, fuck. Um, have you had any issues with like, because porn is on lives online forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Do you, do you still get recognized?
0: I do occasionally. Um, I think more often people are like, where do I know you from? Like that happens more often. Uh Because I think it's just hard for people out of context to realize who I am. And also like it's been a few years. But sure, about once a month I'll get get like, you're Danny Wilde. Nice. But I wasn't like the A-list guy. I was like a middle of the road porn dude. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know,
1: like, you know, I watch porn, but I don't know what, I I can't, like, distinguish.
2: Hey guys, you know I would only interrupt an interview for the most important reason. And in this case, it's because I want to turn you on to a new series called The Bold Type. It's got strong Sex in the City vibes, and it premieres July 11th on Freeform. It is inspired by the women of Cosmo. It follows three 20-something babes as they try to make their mark covering sex, politics, and fashion at an amazing women's magazine in New York City. It's like the dream everyone had growing up. It's about finding your voice in relationships, all kinds of relationships. It tackles current issues, things that are going on in the world right now. It's feminist as fuck. It's about friendship, it's brave, it's sexy, it's provocative, it's fun. It's got Jan from The Office playing these ladies boss. How much better can you get? So tune in to The Bold Type when it premieres July 11th on Freeform and then watch it every Tuesday at 9, 8 central. Do it. And now back to Chris.
0: Yeah, I mean, towards the end, like I was working like a lot but there are people, I think, that you think of as, like, porn stars. And I don't know if I was, like, really in that category.
2: But did
1: isn't part of what a little bit of your issue was, like, you couldn't... there. It was kind of the end of six-figure yeah. sex work. That it didn't... The industry doesn't exist. The Napster... You even make that reference. It's like uh, everyone's stealing the content. And you're like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, would I not, ain't fucking for free. <laughs> I would not recommend people get into porn these days. It's kind of like sure a f- handful of people will become the equivalent of like rock stars uh-huh. and then everyone else will slowly eke by. I mean, I'm on set very r- rarely these days, but sometimes I have to do these like behind the scenes interviews with new girls. Uh huh. They're like, yeah, I've been in this industry like three months now. And I'm like, oh yeah, like how many scenes have you done? And they're like three, five. Whereas when I started, you know, you could easily work 15 to 30 days out of the month right off the bat. And before me, like it was even better. Like I came in kind of towards the end of the heyday. So like my whole thing with porn is like, like you take away the stigma and all of that. Um, back in like the early 2000s you could still work for several months and like put a down payment on a house right so like who cares what people are saying about you yeah now there's the stigma sort of still exists i mean some people think it's cool and there's like this whole like pro-sex work feminism thing that's happening but there's also anti-sex work feminism right the right wing still exists that's against this on moral boundary or on moral whatever but, like, if you're only getting into the industry and all of that shit's still happening and you're only making, like, less than $15,000 before your career is over, I mean, that's, I don't think that's worth it at all.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And also, like, it depends. If you stay in L.A., uh, yeah, people are pretty chill about all kinds of stuff, but if you're like gonna go back to Ohio or whatever the fuck, yeah. like maybe that will be problematic for you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanna ask a little bit about, I was interested to read in the, uh, some of your stuff about like gay crossover and how there's like a, still kind of a stigma with that. So, sure. what exactly is that?
0: Uh, okay, so crossover is a term, uh, that people use. Kind of as an insult to, like, male performers who have gone from gay porn to straight porn. Mm-hmm. Which I sort of did. I didn't make a big splash in gay porn, but I've definitely done s- scenes with guys. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and that that came first?
0: That came... Well, Is it easier to of. get
1: those jobs?
0: Well, it was when I was, like, 19, 20. And, yeah, in general. Like, if you're a conventionally attractive man, yeah. of course someone's going to offer you that money. But, um... I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons why I didn't end up doing that and primarily stayed in straight porn, but the, this, the stigma against crossover performers was something I was completely unaware of at first, but here's kind of the rationale. If you're going to play devil's advocate, um, there are two different testing practices. So in straight porn right now, everyone who performs for like a mainstream company has to be tested every 14 days. Right. And that goes into a system. And if you come up with chlamydia or gonorrhea or God forbid, HIV or something like that, um, you are flagged and you can't perform until you get that cleared up. Or if it's something that's untreatable, then you can't work at all.
1: And it makes it un- not necessary for condoms to be used in those things.
0: So, like straight porn based. I mean, some companies use condoms, but most I
1: don't. never see a yeah. condom
0: <laughs> In gay porn. It's very different. Um, this is changing. But for most of the history of gay porn, it was just like, don't ask about your. STI don't ask. Status. Don't tell. Don't tell. But we're going to use condoms. And so people in straight porn are like fuck that. We don't want any risk of HIV coming into the industry, even though we test every 14 days. If in the middle of those 14 days you're going and, and doing gay porn, like you might be putting us at risk. Right. Um, on the other hand, I'm sitting, I was often sitting on set with straight male performers in the middle of gangbangs, and they're all just telling fag jokes. So, I mean, it's a mix of like real, real concern and like Homophobia, homophobia and all sorts of other stuff. I don't really know what to say, but that's the way it is.
1: They should just start testing the same, no?
0: Oh, I agree. But Yeah. There are a lot of people in the gay industry who kind of equate it to other industries. Like, for example, it's illegal to discriminate based on HIV status like in any other job, right? You can't say I'm but not. But you're
1: typically not yeah. having sex. I know. <laughs> I'm just.
0: But that is an argument I've heard. I'm not the one making the argument. <laughs> but yeah. What am I going to say?
1: Interesting. You quit porn and then you met Maggie? Or yeah. Yeah. How long after?
0: Over two years I was out um
1: so you'd gone through like the super rough patch of yeah. like finding your footing yes. and like <laughs> you'd
0: and yeah we met i mean i was still in like whatever precarious situation <laughs> with my job but she um we were like instagram friends and uh-huh. she was doing a new book which actually just came out recently but this 23? 23 yeah 23 but the shooting of 23 happened over a long period of time and the shoot that I was in happened like at the beginning of 2016. Mhm. Just slid into my DMs.
1: Ah! Yes, go Maggie. <laughs> I was, I was like, "Do you want to
0: <laughs> Do you want a model for my book?" And I looked at her stuff and it was like really good. It's dope, yeah. yeah and I don't know. I wasn't like trying to be a model at that point. I was I was already 20, 30 years old. 29, 30, whatever. Uh, and she said you know I was but I was like yeah that sounds great um I went to her apartment we shot it was just really chill like I
1: but for it's just to catch everybody yeah. up the photo series is like blood come no
0: no 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 that's not the we oh this too. is the different one yeah
1: this one came first
0: the the regular one came first the regular one came yeah. first okay it's just me naked but like not nothing erotic just like some nice tasteful nude photos but she does this very like colorful kind of dream style photography um there's like colored gels and it's very technical anyway um i I had a good time i i I thought she was really sweet i I mean i was attracted to her but i didn't like neither of us were like making moves it wasn't that type of situation Mm -hmm uh and we were also like both kind of casually dating someone else and we talked about we were both kind of unhappy with that <laughs> but you know it's la like if you're single-ish that's like always that's a situation. the status quo yeah. yeah but then the the thing you're talking about uh she hit me up maybe a month later and was like i want to do this <laughs> this photo series where i photograph like macro shots of yeah, blood, saliva, semen, vaginal fluid. Uh huh. You- Which are
1: beautiful. Like, Steph has one <laughs> hanging in her house.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And it wasn't so weird to ask me because, like, I had done porn and this uh-huh. and whatever. But, like, it was a weird experience because I went to her house and... We had not really expressed any interest in dating, but there was kind of this like unspoken thing about like there was a vibe, we're kind of into each other, uh-huh. but then it's like, all right, now it's time for me to masturbate, um, <laughs> on this piece of plexiglass so you can shoot it. Um, so like, what is appropriate in this <laughs> circumstance? And she was like, Should I go for a walk or whatever? And I was like, Well, I don't like what am Show I gonna me your call boobs, you? Or- yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was very... I didn't want to be offensive or, like, to cross They're a boundary. Just but, yeah, I... She just, like, went in her bedroom, and I'm sitting there in her living room, like, trying to do this, and it happened, and then... Uh, but that
1: wasn't the beginning of your relationship. No. How long after that?
0: <laughs> this is a funny story, actually. Um, I don't know. I hope she's okay with me saying this. I don't think it's bad, like... We just started hanging out because we we found we were, like, into the same things. Uh But she was, like, I'm sort of dating a guy, and I had a weird situation. And so we would go to, like, art galleries, or I I invited her to a couple of, like, book readings Uh that I was into. And I don't know. It just seemed like I was hanging out with her more than the people I was, like, supposed Supposed to to be Supposed to be dating, yeah. And she invited me over after one of these things, and... Was like, you know, it's cool if you, like, spend the night. Uh, But, like, I'm dating this guy. And and it's, like, in a totally platonic way. And I was, like, thinking in my head, like, okay. But I got into bed with her and tried to just, like, platonically stay there for, like, an hour. And after a little bit, I was, like, I'm sorry. I have to go. Like, (laughs) if I'm not going to sleep with you. Like, I have to get, like, you know, I just feel like I'm going to do something that you're going to be really mad about. So, I... (laughs) Got up in the middle of the night and, like, left. <laughs> and then, like, two days later, she called me and came to my house. And we were like, we're not going to see these other people. And it's been wonderful ever since.
1: Oh, that's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> um, Glad you put your foot down. <laughs> I can't just lay here in this <laughs> bed with
0: you. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's a fair thing to say. Like, I know what I want, and if there's a boundary, of place, like, I should probably not just... Yeah. It's like putting candy in front of a little kid or something.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, But you guys seem to, like, inspire... Maggie just had her 23 party? Yes. And it's so cute to see you guys together at those uh, events. Like, you did a reading there, but you guys seem to, like, inspire each other artistically. Yeah, I would say...
0: Thank you. Uh, I would say that's very true. And I think it's like the first time in my life where I've dated someone who I never feel like we're competing. And we're also very um, supportive of each other's work. And like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, Sometimes in LA, you can be dating people who are doing stuff that you're a little bit like embarrassed by or something.
1: Oh, that's so funny, <laughs> yes. And
0: you're like, I love you and I will, I will support what you're doing, but this is like. I, I... actually
1: can't do that. Okay. <laughs> I like, I'm too much of a talent whore. I'm yeah. like, I, I just, I can't, we can't go down that road if I think you kind of suck at your art. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I've been in that situation before. And with Maggie, that's not the case. And that's amazing. And it's kind of like she's so driven and is mm-hmm. doing so many projects all the time that I'm, I'm like always in awe. Like I come home and she's like, listen to this, blah, blah, blah. blah. And like, it's like this is the new installation I want to do. And, you know, there's like there's always like 15 more that she, than the thing that she actually oh, accomplishes. But like I hear about them all. But it's like her mind is constantly going and it's always like crazy stuff. And um, yeah, it's great. I mean, I think that's a lot of fun.
1: That's dope. And like you wrote a piece for 23 about how like her colors inspire you. Right. So cute. Um, The themes that you explore in your writing are (laughs) sexual in nature. Some of them. Tell me about uh, your bigger projects, your, your books?
0: Okay. So my, all of the books that are out right now, and even the one that's about to come out kind of follow a similar, uh, path or aesthetic or style. Um, and this is going to sound really narcissistic because it is, but they're like, they're like these pseudo memoirs. So I always start with like a piece of my life and then go Uh off the deep end and the type of like, uh, genre i'm really into and have been since i was young is like horror Uh uh-huh so most of these books are like very dark and violent and kind of like horror stories about me in porn or getting out of porn Uh or and, and i don't know i just use that kind of as a trope to talk about like emotional crises and things like that um, and some of it you know is true but I think the more like explicit violent material is not coming from my life it's like it's a like metaphor fantasy. for other oh, stuff yeah. going on but um, I yeah I I don't know I feel like that's my way to deal with things in my life and at this point in my life I'm actually very happy but uh, most of those books have like started from a place where I was not and Yeah, they're, I don't know. I hope they're entertaining too.
1: What's the newest, what's the newest, the one that's coming out? What's that uh, one called?
0: It's called Body to Job.
1: Body to Job. And what's the like basic premise for that one?
0: Um, you know, it's actually kind of like a, a fictional memoir told in short stories. So Ah. it is something that actually combines writing from about six years of my work, um, I think a couple of these stories, some people might've read like on my blog a long time ago, but there's a lot of new stuff that no one's read yet. And it's goes from me getting into porn to me getting out and like the aftermath of that. Um, It kind of ends in a negative place. It's kind of like a pre-Maggie situation. (laughs) uh,
1: I was gonna say, you (laughs) seem so good
0: right now. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was just struggling with the sense of my identity wrapped up in sex work and, and still trying to do some like post porn sex work and that, and seeing like just how that whole industry was falling apart in a Mm -hmm. a really massive way. I mean, porn, but also the stuff that I don't know. I don't want to prostitution a little bit, right? Yes. And I don't know if that's, I don't want to, I actually don't think
1: it's kind of the same to
0: me. Sure. But It's legally precarious, but whatever. No, no one's going to arrest me for this podcast.
1: (laughs) Well, and also like it was like I read a piece where it seemed like, God, that was harder than even doing porn.
0: Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I think it's like the difference is this like porn. Someone's hiring you to be have sex with someone else and you walk away. And like the person you're having sex with, like may or may not care about you or being there or whatever. Uh And. It's like acting in a lot of ways mm-hmm. except like I mean you have to be aroused at least the guy does for to make it happen. But um non non pornographic sex work I in my experience is like kind of like unskilled therapy. Oh my god, <laughs> like I peop- would yeah. could totally see that. Like people most of the people i've interacted with are like incredibly lonely or going through these like these situations in their life where they're not getting they're getting something and so um the sex seems almost like secondary to something else that they need and that's like always so much put on you and i'm just like i'm just here to like for you to suck my dick and pay me but then you hear like Basically, like the worst parts of their life, and they always want to be your friend, and this like, or be like a mentor, or like have some weird fucking advice for you. And it's just like, I mean, I don't do this anymore. I just want to be clear about that. that, um, It's draining. It sounds draining. draining. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't, I mean,
1: and um, like the market, right? The market sucks too.
0: Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. Now that like porn is sort of a part of our mainstream culture in a yeah. very significant way. Like most people watch porn at least sometimes some people are like, it's cool. And like, I want to be your friend. And like, so they almost, it's like, I'm doing you a favor by paying you. Like I get in those, I've gotten in those types of situations all the time where like, we're just friends, but like, Oh, but here's some money. You know what? It's just like, and I, I don't know, because I needed the money at the time. I wanted to play that game, Uh but like, or I was willing to play that game. Um, Yeah, but
1: it's just not.
0: I I don't know what to say. Like, it's not like I don't like those people. With all those people, like they're good people. I'm not going to say like all these people suck, but it's like I am. It's not.
1: It's less of a business transaction. Exactly,
0: it becomes very murky as to like what the boundaries are. And um, I don't know.
1: You're like a grown man now. You don't have time for that bullshit. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so like, what's next? What do you think? <clears throat> you spent like eight years in the industry? Yeah. What What's, what's your eight year plan?
0: My next eight year <laughs> plan? Um, I mean, whether it's like going to be financially viable for me or not. I mean, the thing that I guess is most fulfilling for me is writing. And it's the thing that I've found the biggest audience for Mm -hmm. and and all of the little things I dabble with so you know I have the new book coming out later this year I have another one that's not placed somewhere but I'm trying to like there's like a lot of stuff in the pipeline there and um, I hope that I get to keep writing books or doing something with that
1: you're also a musician
0: yeah I uh, what's
1: your band's name?
0: it's called Children but we spell it with two I's so it's easier to google because there's two of us
1: Nice.
0: It's just like an industrial metal project. We haven't been super active this past year, um, but we may in the near future come back stronger. I'm not exactly sure. We have two EPs out though. And uh, yeah, I started it when I was in porn and had some like extra money. So I was doing these kind of like elaborate music videos and so forth. Oh, nice. It's fun. It's like, it's also very uh, ingrained in like the horror genre. So we do these kind of like, just genre violent music videos and it's like I don't know it's like Nine Inch Nails meets a black metal band or something
1: totally it does seem like you have like the dark theme (laughs) running through your projects (laughs) (laughs) is that dark theme made it into the hot hot sauce (laughs) (laughs) tell me about wildfire you guys I'm holding like a perfume vial of hot sauce that says (laughs) wildfire with a y and Danny's shirtless <laughs> torso graces the front. It's amazing.
0: You know, Baggy actually shot that photo and designed that. that oh, I photo. love it. <laughs> um, This is hard to talk about. I never know whether I'm supposed to tell the truth or not. <laughs> I may or may not be a DJ, a porn star turned DJ named Wildfire. <laughs>
1: wait truth or lie <laughs> let's just
0: say I, that may or may not be true <laughs> and um what is true is i uh met this wonderful chef here in los angeles who i believe is opening a restaurant in the next few months his oh, cool. name is royce burke he made this hot sauce it's really good it's like it's a legit hot sauce you can I can't buy wait it, to try it off his website right now um and he wanted to collaborate with me, and uh, thus was born Wildfire.
1: You guys, it makes your taste buds quiver. That's
0: what it
1: says. <laughs> so mm. y'all need to get your yourself a vial of this Wildfire. <laughs> Danny, what what are the or are... fuck? It's hard to know. Are you, you, you Chris or are you Danny?
0: I still have friends, really close friends who call me Danny because that's how they know me. So it doesn't matter. But my, I mean. You go by Chris. I go by Chris. That's my name. Fuck, I'm sorry. It's okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that beforehand. I was like, I don't know what the correct procedure is. And (laughs) then I just fell into it. Uh, What are the names of your books? Where can Um, people find those?
0: So my first book is actually out of print, but there may be a second edition coming soon. It's called Come to My Brother. Can't find it right now. Second book, which I'm very proud of and is available right now, is called The Wolves That Live in Skin and Space. You can sure. get it at Amazon or basically any bookstore, I think. You may have to order it from the bookstore. Um, and there is a, one coming out later this year called Body to Job. It's supposed to come out in the fall, though. I Don't hold me to that. <laughs>
1: Exciting, and there's, uh, you can get little snippets and see some of Chris's other work on the internets, yeah. where I read a bunch of stuff. Thank you so much for coming out to talk to me today. This has been so interesting.
0: Of course.
2: Thank you again to Chris for stopping by. That was such a fun interview. I don't know if you guys could tell, but there was lots of laughter and it was a really good time. And so cool to have interviewed both halves of a couple now. I love that. Um, if you haven't already listened, go back to, and check out our interview with Maggie West in the first season. That's Chris's girlfriend. And I believe they each told their own rendition of their getting together story. Um, so really cool to have heard both sides of that. As always, follow the show on all the socials at Pod and send us your questions at realitybytespod at gmail.com. Rate and review the show. Give us them five stars. And very importantly, check out the new series, The Bold Type, premiering July 11th on Freeform. I got to see the pilot, and it's an amazing show. Uh, it's inspired by the women of Cosmo. It follows these three badass ladies trying to make their mark on a New York women's magazine. The cast is great, it's sexy, it's really fun, it's very zeitgeisty, so check it out. The Bold Type, series premiere July 11th and Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on Freeform. Check you guys on Friday.